Hello everyone, Zach here from the Carnival of Randomness on behalf of our sponsor, Opsitnik and Associates. In these unprecedented times, we reflect on our future, both in the next few weeks and months, but also the upcoming years and decades, and it's time to prepare for that future. Opsitnik and Associates has been contacted by many healthcare workers, as well as old and new clients, to prepare wills, powers of attorney, and advanced directives, also called a living will. All of you need these documents. So don't say you don't have any assets to speak of, no children or other dependents. Regardless of the circumstances now, you will need a will for today and tomorrow. Al Upsitnik feels so strongly about having wills and other needed documents prepared that Upsitnik and Associates can prepare your will, power of attorney, and living will at no charge. You heard that correct. No charge until the end of 2020. No hidden fees or gimmicks. Al feels so strongly about planning for the future at this time that he is willing to assist you with your future. Trust Opsitnik and Associates, attorneys for 42 years, from the Supreme Court to Alaska and everywhere in between. You can find them online, OpsitniksLaw.com, on Facebook, Opsitnik and Associates, or call them toll-free, 1-866-391-3299 to prepare for your future. Well, it's Halloween on Carnival of Randomness, and because it's Carnival of Randomness, this isn't exactly Halloween, but it's October, and maybe we'll talk Halloween, maybe we won't. I'm sort of the phantom of the airwaves today, but June got a hold of me after I had Adriana on, got a hold of Shadow, and said, you know, she's doing a lot more, you should have her back on. It's like, Rob, have her on. Well, my dog tends to book the podcast, that's how we have Bauman on here a lot. So, once again, Adriana's back. Hello, thank you for having me. It's very cool. And somehow it seems we attract drummers. We lay little breadcrumbs. They go to the studio. And so far, none of them have exploded in the studio yet, So which is good, or choked on somebody's vomit or any of that stuff. But we have Chuck Salvaggio today. Hi. Hey, Rob. Hey, can you just say a little bit about yourself because you're new to the carnival audience? Hmm. Well, uh, just an old guy that likes to play drums. <laughs> and we have Greg, who I forgot about because he's here, like lurking in the corner. <laughs> and we've had we have uh, actually because you played with Anonymous Willpower, didn't you? Yeah, then, last then, night. Well, before you, I mean, didn't you play with them, Chuck? Yeah, that was yeah. Uh, back. I think that was. I think I might have been their first or maybe second. Was Ross? I think maybe Ross. Lazaro was oh, yeah, their, actually their first drummer, if I'm not mistaken. But I don't. I think he and Don played in bands um, quite a few years before that, and something went down, and I got the call, and I actually ran into them out at a bar, and um, I was uh, at a point in my life where I was just becoming single again, and uh, I was like, "All right, I'll do it," and um, it lasted I don't know six eight months. We could do well, six I, degrees of Susie got willpower. Really busy, actually. They yeah, started I, getting super busy, and I just I was like, "All right, well, I'm too busy for me." Was, I started getting a lot of gigs, and then they were looking for other guys to fill in because I was off on my little, you know, hey, whoever, wherever there's a dollar to be made, I'll go play, you know, type of thing. But so yeah, then I, I know Chuck played a bunch of gigs, and then uh, I don't know, all of a sudden you weren't, and then I. I don't know. Somehow we worked it out. What brought you together for Adriana's advertised Adriana Noon Trio? All the uh, how did you come to play for? Um, well, we do. We started out actually. Myself, Jeremy, and Chris were doing. Um, uh, I have a, a building on my property that I renovated, and it was kind of an outbuilding. 
and we gutted it, put a new roof on it, and um, oh. started playing music in it. And, um, and we eventually put heat in it, which took us through the winter. And um, I, our second winter there, we started, I had the idea to do, started doing open jams. And we had a lot of people just kind of coming through the door. And um, it, it was fan, it was just a lot of fun. And um, I think it was October 21st. It's almost a year now. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Adriana walked through the door. <laughs> and that's, that's kind of how it went. Was it just, oh, I hear drumming in a barn. I'll go investigate. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know. I'm al- I always find myself out in Livingston County, I tell you. So, yeah, that's where I was. Um, no, but it was it was super cool. Super cool in there. The irony is we've talked about this before is the first time I saw you play on Valentine's Day, you weren't the drummer. Right. Because <laughs> you probably froze on the way there. <laughs> right. But the thing is, speaking of freezing, last night, uh, Greg, we had a gig. We had a gig at Abilene, and we froze pretty much a little bit, but it was fun. But the thing is, I'm bringing that up because my most interesting, you'll see where I'm going, or my Mm -hmm. most interesting show of the year probably was on the Colonial Bell this year. And what were your thoughts on that? And My thought was Chuck was going to keep getting bounced off by the bridge because it barely missed his head. (laughs) Yeah, there's a picture of Chuck somewhere that I know he loves. And it's like he's in the background and then he's got his whole like it was like you had your mask around your head or something. Yeah. I don't know. I thought it was a diaper. Trap the heat in there. But yeah, no, it was that the colonial mail was fun, but gosh, it gets cold. The thing was, did you sit down purposely because you thought you were gonna whack your head or Yeah, you absolutely. <laughs> I started standing and I was like, you know what, if I'm gonna have to duck every time that I'm like, no, forget and about it. And was your equilibrium because I sort of noticed it was like on a slant too, so it's probably better to sit down. Yeah. And then when I yeah, when it first started and I was standing, I was like, Oh god and I remember I turned around to Chuck and I go, I think I was like I didn't think about moving and how I'm gonna be like I just fell all off, kind of, like I was going to tip over. But then I did end up sitting down. I tried to do it standing, and then once we went over the, the <laughs> under the first bridge, I yeah. was, like, playing and trying to sit. I'm like, no, forget about it. No. Boat, boat ones are weird. I played a boat gig a couple times. It's, they're interesting. As yeah. we've told the story many times, you were, hooked by, you were hooked by a fisherman, too. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, that wasn't on a boat, but it was It was a weird... <laughs> it was in Soda's Point, this... Long story, I'll make it really short. This, next to the stage is this little bait shop thing. So this guy was walking with his family and he had his fishing poles with him. And my back was against the, the flatbed thing. And he just happened to be walking and his hook swung and caught the back of no. my shirt and started tugging as he's walking. And he's like tugging me without playing and I'm like spazzing. And I'm like, everybody's looking at me like, what the hell's the matter with you? <laughs> Oh so my god! It was just a weird little thing. It was like you couldn't make this stuff. But up. you were really troopers because I've seen a concert, for example, Big Sandy and Low Straight Jack is played in the summer at the Dryden, the East Bend, the Garden Vibes, which is a beautiful setting when they have it. But they stopped because they couldn't see the instruments because it got dark. But you played; it was cold and dark, and you kept troopering on mm-hmm. all of you. And Greg, you did too last night. Well, yeah, I brought a lot of lights though. I brought a bunch of lights to light up the stage because heat lamps. No, just regular <laughs> lights. <laughs> yeah. But they played lights. in the dark when it was freezing, and they managed to pull it off. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't know. That was crazy. But it was fun. Colonial was Bell fun. was nice. It, no, was, it was really fun. fun. It was like one of those things that popped up. It's like the way this year is. 
you know, what else do we have to do? It's like, wow, sailing, yay. Well, I think <laughs> the boat will sink. You'll hear the song from say, Titanic. No, I don't want to hear the song. And then the boat will go down. I know. He made that joke. The captain made that joke. He's like, so you guys are going to keep playing, right, if we go down? And I was like, yep, we're the last ones. Don't you worry. That's something I want to talk about that I didn't really get to last time is songwriting. And my friend Alyssa Trahan, she's around your age. She's written over 500 songs. Yeah. And you seem like you, you've written... Tons already, and you seem you're a natural. That's the best way to describe you. You are, you are. It's like I can barely write five lines. That's why I do a podcast. That's why I have a drummer as a co-host. Look <laughs> good, but and I've always hey said, I've always said inspiration because I do write. It comes from being alive, almost. Mm-hmm. Where, like for example, my friend Greg Townsend, he was driving one day, saw a sign ATM inside. What happened? ATM inside. Mm-hmm. He did another one where. He saw somebody threw a cigarette out of a car, sparks on the highway. Yeah. And it's always good. And it's also what you listen to, how you lived. Where does this come from? Does it just come in your head and think, oh, wow, I want to write about that? Yeah, kind of, I guess. It's always different, I feel like. And I, when I was in school, um, I in college, I took some writing classes, like songwriting classes and lyric writing classes, which I didn't really think there was a difference, but they were two separate classes. Um, and so I learned a lot about how you could even read an article and then just somehow take words in the article and make a song from that. So I've done that before. And, um, and that was the first song that I wrote. It was by just reading an article and coming up with something. And I came up with Blue Devil. And then, um, I don't know, sometimes it's about, you know, obviously things in your life, but yeah, definitely it was always hard for me to write when I was younger and, I, and I've just, I Well, happy birthday, by the way, too. It's your birthday you. month, apparently. Well, thank you. Thank you. Um, but yeah, it's just something that, that thankfully has gotten a little bit easier. I was always so frustrated with myself because I always wanted to write music. I, I think you can't force it. I think it comes yeah. like, for example, when I was sitting out here, I always get here early I told our studio magician, there's a weird cat staring at me. Yeah. And it was just came up, it's looking at me, and then it runs. You would probably have us be jotting down a song. No, see, I wish, though. Like, sometimes I want to I want to be like that, and I, my brain sometimes doesn't work like that. I was sitting with some friends, and we were eating, um, we were hungover, and we were eating pizza, and they were smoking, and I was like, slices and cigarettes. That That's the way to do it. That's the... And, uh, and then, I, but you know, and I kept trying to write slices and cigarettes, and I can't figure well, it out. Well, that's how Marcy Playground, the song Sex and Candy, came out because they were in college together, and one of them walked in on his girlfriend and his girlfriend and said, smells like sex and candy in here. And you get, you get like a song title. Could there you imagine you if you pulled, like somebody just gave you a song title and then you do the lyrics because it sounds yeah. you know i've been wanting to still have an album called narcotic lollipop <laughs> I, I, anybody any musician yeah. i have i told josh netsky because maybird they fit that psychedelic you psychedelic lollipop is an album cover and do a song yeah. but what happened kim Dreheim did a song called zontar into the sun yeah. and what he did was his lyrics like you said all he did was take sun Ra album titles and use them as lyrics oh that's interesting, too. But in terms of, like, Adriana's pretty pr- prolific. If you've written, like, two songs in 50 years or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've written, because you played one last night you wrote. Yeah, well, we got two now. <laughs> no, I wrote a bunch. <laughs> See, the thing is, I wrote a bunch in the in the 80s, because uh, I had a, it was like one of those typical cliche, you know, broke up this relationship, and all of a sudden I sat down at this Wurlitzer keyboard and wrote 14 songs. So it's, it's just like, 
you know. My, my friend Tommy it, it, Francis from Grease Creepers, he's actually doing a concept album, 13 songs about COVID. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And my friend Sean McVeigh from King Buffalo, I've talked to him. He said he's got almost four albums worth of material just from writing. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas other people, they can barely do their laundry like me. <laughs> I mean, I, I enjoy helping other people with their songs. I mean, I, I like arranging stuff, and I like, you know, yeah. let's try a break here. Let's do a vocal thing. I mean, I, I'm, I'm more of the put the toppings on it type of thing, you know. And then mm-hmm. when I do write something, it's like, okay, let's try this. If, if they like it, they like it. When you're, I mean, I think a lot of people have conceptions about drummer writing abilities and stuff. <laughs> I mean, look at Phil Collins. You know, you got a lot of guys that know what they're doing. So Neil just, Peart. Yeah. You know, and I think th- with writing, too, you have to you have to be able to see things in a different way. You have to, like, you find humor in a subject or you find tragedy in something, and you get, wow, that's like... And then you kind of put ideas together that makes, you know, like that trailer romance song. You know, re- The way that came together was kind of like what you were talking about. We were at a Christmas party with, with Susie and those guys, and my girlfriend, we were. She was talking about this thing with her ex-husband and how he was messing around with some friend of theirs, and she was trash and whatnot. And and uh, I just came up with trailer romance. That's it. Four years that that line sat in my head. My, my friend Beth Bailey, who I've <laughs> collaborated on on a couple <laughs> movies, what she would do is for her writing process, and I believe everybody can do it different as long as you get to where you want to be. Mm-hmm. What she would do is. Pick a situation and imagine what I would do in it. That would be the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, this happens, this happens, and that's where you go from there. Mm-hmm. And I think that's sort of like in any way it goes, but it could be a phrase. It could be getting something at dinner that was weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, my blue food. Yeah. <laughs> right. Paul McCartney's written, you'll, I'm sure it's coming for you, Paul McCartney's written enough songs about his pets. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, his stuff is sometimes it's like a, a storybook. He likes to write little stories. I think Ray know. Davies is the king of that. Yeah. It's like he's very, but in terms of now writing, in terms of a band, Chuck, when Adriana brings a song to all of you, is it collaborative with the music, or is it pretty much done? <laughs> well, she's been really great about um, you know being open to pretty much anything that we've brought to it. I mean, she's she's had ideas, and she's expressed in areas where she'd like certain little things but for the most part i think that's why it's worked so well for me personally um i've always been more of a kind of an original type of player um mainly because of my weaknesses actually because i don't when i when i do cover songs i i never do the same thing twice i mean i just that's just not the kind of player i am Mm -hmm. so um for original for doing original music and trying to work things out with her it's been easy because I just kind of do what I'm feeling, and she's never complained yet. So it's, uh, she, it's cool. that you know of. That I, I know it. of. No, I love it. The thing is, too, sometimes, like, you'll, and I'll say one thing, I'll step back for a second, and maybe, Greg, you, you've probably done some cover band stuff, maybe a little. Yeah. I think when you, you're not a cover band. When you're, when, like, say I was going to go see, like, pick something out of a hat for cover, like any band, you know journey whatever but you're gonna go see them if you're seeing a cover band like our friend rob mount you want to see when he played for foreign like lou graham and he played for 50 50 you're coming you're expecting those songs Mm -hmm. but when you're going to see you seeing some band who's pulling cover songs out it's fine you do your own spin on them 
Whereas somebody would get mad if they're going to a cover band and they're saying, what the heck is this? They want to hear it note for note. So that's fine. Mm-hmm. And also, have you been surprised sometimes when you bring your song to them and they do something you didn't expect, but it's like, why didn't I think of that? That's actually better. Yeah. Yeah. And even, um, yeah, we've had like, I know Eric sometimes he's done, uh, he's the lead guitar player and he'll do like some, he'll bring out the slide and I love the slide. You should listen and to I, Lark and Paul. actually bell bottom, bell bottom blues. Yeah, I've really been playing good. bell bottom blues. It's like I've gotten obsessed with it where I've been sending it to people yeah. saying, you got to hear the slide. I yeah. love them. Yeah, and yeah, great. I heard them recently and I was like, okay. Because really there's good. Poe. There's also Poe from the 90s. He did a song, Angry mm-hmm. Johnny. But this is, but they play, one of them just plays and they did, they do their own, but they also, if you go on YouTube, they do a bunch of covers. And I just get hooked on Bell Bottom Blues because one of them's just cranking out the slide. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and even like we did, um, you know, in the light, which which we started to record already. That it like has become one of my favorite songs because it's always different. Which is like what you're saying, like how you played songs differently every time. It's always different every time. I feel like from all of us, mm-hmm. and so it always surprises me. And we'll just like, you know, it's it's pretty mellow. Like I started writing it. And it was, I thought it sounded like a lullaby. Like, it was just super calm, same, like, you know, pattern on the guitar. And then and then it became, like, this kind of almost psychedelic moment sometimes. So that's really neat. Like a lot of things in life, for me personally, like, your insecurities sometimes end up being your strengths. And for me, like, as a drummer, probably my biggest insecurity has always been, like, you know remembering and being precise which you want to do but i think when you're doing it naturally for me personally it works out better when i'm just there's no rules and there's no boundaries and i don't know that's kind of what i'm enjoying about this project the most is she really doesn't have any strict rules no you don't i've said has anybody ever had the dream i have the one recurring dream I have, I'm back in high school, so I figure it's a like a John Paul Sartre hell analogy. But I'm back in high school, and we used to do, like, at number one, it would be I'd forget my locker combination. Mm. But the other one was we did, like, an eight, we would do an eight-day schedule. Like, it would just, they, they figured it would alleviate the boredom, which it didn't. But it would always be, I would throw my schedule out after two weeks, and you never knew what lunch you'd have. So you'd be going down there, oh, he's in my class. Mm-hmm. So I would have that. And I would have the other one would be I would have to take a test. I'm back in high school and I get the test and I look at it and go, I don't know one answer. Mm-hmm. It's like those insecurities. Mm-hmm. But I have a song from I will dedicate this to Danny and Abilene, nachos and vodka. Because <laughs> you have to have a food. There you go. Slices <laughs> and cigarettes. And nachos, nachos, vodka, vodka and bad cigarettes. decisions. There you go. <laughs> I think it's good though that the way you're describing the way you work together, because a lot of times, at least I've had a couple of experiences, your song can get hijacked. Because you bring in ideas and everybody, oh, I got this and I tried. And then you don't want to be a jerk. So you say, okay, try that. And mm-hmm. it's not kind of where you wanted it to go, but you don't want, you know, you're trying to make everybody happy. And then all of a sudden your song goes away. It's not at I all. I think you have you to velvet, up, glo- you know? velvet glove it a little bit. They call it like Iron Fist Velvet Glove. Right. Where you want collaboration, but you also hold on to it where there's some things you don't want to change. Or right. you, yeah, you, you just be, have to be a little strong about yeah, that. you got to be firm. And I know you did, you, you did a little Muddy Waters last time at Abilene because they played while you were out. They played three songs. Oh, yeah. That's like Muddy Waters. The only difference with Muddy Waters, you would have been at the bar and not come and played. Because oh <laughs> one of my yeah. friends saw Muddy Waters at the Pithot Club said, 
you know, and Howlin' Wolf would play three and a half hour sets. Muddy Waters, he said he's watching Muddy Waters, his band's playing. He's at the bar. He, he comes up, plays <laughs> one it. song, and comes away. And John Mayall did the same thing when I saw him. He's out at the merch table signing yep. videos while his band's playing. Yeah, well, you know what? Also, like, I also love that, like, we were talking about how, you know, it is collaborative and it's different every time. And I love that, too, because it also helps me even what I'm doing vocally to change up what I'm doing, you know? And I feel like we even did that at Fairport B-Side on, on Friday. I've, I've felt like there was a couple songs where I did something different vocally. We the part I saw you did before fun. I got paged and had to leave. <laughs> yeah. But it's just, it's fun like that. I think it's more fun that way. And it's also more fun for the audience too. Like the artists that I've seen, when I know their songs so well, and I'm like basically singing along, when they change up the melody that they're doing or whatever it is, it just it makes me well, feel like. Well, I'll give you an ex- I'll give you an example and one to the contrary. The example of the contrary is the Eagles. When Don Felder joined them, he said the problem with them. If you listen to a live album, Don Henley's so anal, you have to do it note by note. And he yeah. said, "Who wants to come to a show?" Okay, technically it's perfect, but it's like listening to the album. Yeah. But now yeah. the other one I saw two years ago in Bob Dylan. And if you listen to Dylan, he reinvents himself. You would right. have songs like he yeah. played like a Rolling Stone. People were going through the song. Oh, that's it. We didn't even know. See, I love that. And some of his songs, like he played "It Ain't Me, Babe," it took me. Love that song. What the heck is this? Oh, it's "Ain't It Ain't Me, Babe." Yeah. <laughs> I love that. And song. he improvised. It was one of because you could see him and he could be he was dead on. Mm-hmm. But he would just he's reinvented himself so much. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah. I mean, Greg, that's kinda why you get a lot of the calls you get, isn't it? Because you can just feel like the the the, the, the it kinda leads into the comment you made when we started today about, you know, getting calls and just going in and oh yeah 17 songs no problem I'll, I'll be there tomorrow and you just feel them you know I mean? yeah, well, and i learn from everything i have to learn so if that made any sense it, huh. you know it's like like okay i'm in i've been playing with this band in the mix there's like a basic five piece cmf songless type thing you know journey and zeppelin got, no, there's no Zeppelin, but there's wait like, a second, CFF no Zeppelin. No Zeppelin. You don't even have to buy <laughs> Zeppelin albums because you could just listen to them on CFF. That's right. But I mean, you know, there's a there is a woman singer too. So I mean, so she's singing all this other all the all the higher stuff, Journey and all that stuff. But I mean, you know, you got to learn, you know, the way Steve Smith plays. You got to learn a Fleetwood Mac style. It's like all of a sudden you hear all these different things, and when you start, I mean, you do copy to an extent. I mean, I'm a I'm a basic like kind of in between what you're saying and I'll learn parts, but okay. Well, okay. So it's mostly Tom. So I'll come up with a Tom thing. So it's in the style of, that's kind of how I approach everything. You know, and I saw like, I'll give an example. You played comfortably numb at show at Abilene. And I remember Eric, the band tell and you're okay what is it and i think you ad lib the heck out oh, of yeah. it I was like, what? <laughs> yeah i was just watching everybody's hands i'm like that's what we're gonna do okay i think there's a comfort zone when you play together though and you can do that improv yeah yeah and that's what i love too like we when we go out to practice sometimes you know i have to i i tap out early i, <laughs> I go home and these guys play until like midnight <laughs> and then that so that's why at abilene i was like yeah you guys do your songs so they they always have so many songs like but it's I the improv as we've said before it's like when you you play jim croce and then you put girl from the north country because you have that ear where it just sounds like something else yeah. and you bring it on like there's something there what is it when you played b-side would you just have two or three people yeah we're with the trio that okay. night yeah but right 
Ruggedly, what do you got? Five or five, something? Five, yes. And four at one, I think, because I put down the trio and I was wrong because you had somebody else. We did have four at, at we, Roar the last time. Well, yeah. we did the Colonial Bell. That was the other funny part about that yeah. Colonial Bell gig is we had Jerry <laughs> Youngman, the, from the Paradigm Shift uh, keyboardist, play with us. Yeah. Nice. And he was, uh, he's he's extraordinary, you know, but that, that gig was our first time playing with this guy. Mm-hmm. We were supposed to do a rehearsal, and something came up. His wife's mom was in the hospital. He couldn't come. He lives in Buffalo. Couldn't come to the rehearsal, so we played cold that night. Yeah, we did more ways we, than one. More ways than one. <laughs> right, and, he, and he was just the sweetheart, you know, and so yeah. we're playing, and... Uh, yeah, was that's that was the one show where the trio turned into a four piece. Yeah. 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 And then the next cool. night he, we played Roar with him also, and that was a little better. It was a little more. I think all of our fingers. Were yeah, we were there. I remember because yeah. I think I made the quip. Oh, your hands thawed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it was that was fun. And that's the thing as a band too, because there's all your originals and the covers mm-hmm. do you all go about how you're going to do the set list do you ad lib it somebody bring like for example i think you would sing this song well why don't you try it for a cover uh, yeah they've they've mentioned adriana never follows the set list <laughs> first of all yeah i never follow the set list um i was just talking about that the other night i i make a set list first of all and then i and then i send it out right because also there are things like you know where they need to change guitars or something, right? So then so then Eric and Jeremy will, like, look over that, and then they'll kind of tweak it, and then it becomes the set list. But then also I go through it in the moment, and I'm like, you know what, let's skip that, because... Well, pacing is everything. you yeah. got to read the crowd and change, yeah. adapt, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But <laughs> also I feel like, yeah, I feel like if in the moment, you know, I'm like, ooh, I'm not feeling that one. I, and that's, yeah. so I don't know. But also it helps because I, especially on Friday, I was the only one that had a set list. I don't want to do that I one. Know, I, I just don't want to do that one. I grew up going to the, <laughs> I grew up going to the War Memorial all the time. And when I was a kid, I don't know if, Craig, you felt like this. I never even knew there was a thing as a set list. I thought bands just went up there and yeah, just played till they were done. I didn't know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, whatever. But I've had, like, Keith Richards, I guess, when, not, it was the last year, Brian Lindsay told me this. He said, like, in Chicago... Keith started playing the wrong song. Yeah. And throwing the whole thing and Mick and everybody's looking at him. <laughs> I know, you see these sheets of paper on the monitors. It's like, wow, look, they got a bunch of songs written down, you know? <laughs> yeah, I know. But I guess he would start, Charlie would kick it off and Keith would go from there. Mm. But I do know, like, one thing, and I'm not going to mention the name, but a friend of mine years ago dropped acid before a gig. Yeah, he was uh, playing all the wrong songs, yeah. and I guess you could find oh, the video God. of that. But, yeah, sometimes you don't feel like it, or you're looking at the audience going, well, they want to dance now. They don't want to hear, yeah. you know, my... You know, my truck well, died, my dog died. Well, you know, yeah. it's funny. It's funny you say that all because I remember once I told this friend of mine that you know I said, well, you know, a lot of times when these bands play encores, they're kind of they're in the contract that they got to have so many encores, and and she was just like devastated, and and she and she was like, it's what? Really? It's us. not real? I said, well, it might be real, but I said most of the time they have a couple things in there written in, like, oh, two encores or, or like I didn't realize know. I saw the Who they don't do encores. Which oh, yeah. I never realized. It always stinks. Yeah. Yeah. But it did. What they basically do is at the end they, they introduce the band and they leave. They don't do encores, and I didn't know that. But yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of like that whole brown M and M's, you know, thing. You know, it's like they just a lot of bands. You know, they want to just have these weird little things to see if the contracts. That's good, the thing know? with the contract. Oh gosh, but I guess because yeah. I guess it happened. Van Halen did it. 
I think Kiss did it. Aerosmith did it. What they said was it was like I've heard blue M and M's do. But okay, why did they do it to be weirdos? No, they did it yeah. because they said to make sure they read the contract. Exactly. And if things were messed up, there would be those M and M's in there. Exactly. Except for I heard that Madonna asked for a new toilet seat in her like dressing room every time, like a new one to be put on for her. And I don't know if it's one of those things or if she actually just wants. I just want to be a weird diva. But I love that. I love it. (laughs) I think that one's genius. No, it's like the dog will be catered to. Yes. <laughs> or like you ever see Spinal Tap where they do, look at the sandwiches where it's like they don't fit on the bread. We want them cut this way. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, you ever, like that'll happen to you. You might have some Spinal Tap moments. Watch the movie. Yeah, maybe. No. I know that movie's so well done that it's so realistic, actually, that you're looking at it and go. That's happened. It's, I've it seen look, it. It looks actually, so stupid, but it does. Those huh. things happen. <laughs> I actually met Dickie Betts from Blue Cheer, and he said, "I ain't ever seen Spinal Tap, but pretty sure we lived it." Yeah. And I saw Judas Priest in Queensrÿche. They did Electric Eye. Priest did. Helford got stuck in the pod coming out. Oh, no. But then also, you know, a lot of those. Alex Cooper said the same thing that it's like I've never. But it probably happened. I think he said he got lost trying to get into an arena. <laughs> you know where the mic goes out or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, yeah, when you have an elaborate stage show, there's more more room for stuff to go wrong. But it's because been you good got mechanical to... failures. And stuff. I think this year you've been. This is a very difficult year for musicians to play, but you managed to get gigs. Yeah. And I think all cohesively together, I think that's probably you're gelling as a unit. Mm-hmm. So that's probably you get that confidence working together, which you know what somebody does or you're not going to get pulled. Especially since I didn't realize you ad-libbed the set so much. <laughs> oh, yeah. I just ad-libbed the set. But, no, it's been it's been really great that we've been able to keep playing. So And, and at a lot of really great places where they are doing a really good job of keeping everything distant. And I'm always, I've been very happy with that, how it's been going. Yeah. I know it's going to be tough. I know like Leslie at Love and Cup, their big thing every year is I'm at Otis Jug Band Christmas. And this is a mm-hmm. thing where it would sell out. I would call my friend and say it's on tickets on sale. Sell out half an hour. They're not going to be able to do it. Yeah. Obviously this year. And it stinks. But it's like a really cool event. I didn't realize my, my friends Ken and Ben and Katie were in there mm. doing it. Kurt Johnson. It's like, wait a second, you're wearing a beard, Katie. That's why I didn't recognize you. But they act out Muppet stuff and sing Muppet songs. But everybody loves it. It's jam-packed, but obviously they can't do it this yeah. year. And I know Leslie said they're just hoping to stay above water, hopefully. I but I know. And they've had really cool outdoor stuff there, so that's been... Yeah, you played there. Yeah. Meg Williams played there. Yeah. So it's nice. It's nice that places have been able to have outdoor stuff, but it'll be hard. Yeah, but I know you played, like, as Adriana has advertised, you probably didn't get any festivals this year. No, we had some, but... Had's the word for everybody. I know, I know. We had, what did we have, Lilac Fest, and... We were going to open up for Almost Queen at yeah. Party in the Park. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> think about Lilac really Fest. Think about, about Lilac that. Fest. Yeah. That's like sort of a... I saw them last year. Yeah, I guess there was a... I was there last year. Number of people there. Yes, it took me so long to get in. Both entrances, which I didn't even know there was a second entrance, both of them had lines like around the block. And when we finally got in, it was so busy there that I actually was like, "Okay, I gotta go." (laughs) We just kind of went behind the stage on the back side there, and we just kind of. I parked by. Colgate Divinity College, and I walked. I made the mistake on the way out. I had to try one of the deep fried Snickers bars. Oh, <laughs> yeah. 
I just had to do it just to say I did it. Yeah. And it was my friend Todd Kratz sees me goes, Rob, you look green. Because <laughs> we were going to go see the Gas House Gorillas. Yeah. But you, the one thing you'll love, I get a kick out of it. No, not of Willpower's played there. I like Gas House Gorillas. Too, I do, too. They're awesome. <laughs> Except the guy, they do one thing where you're supposed to do, don't ever do this audience participation. <laughs> so the one of the band members comes out and stands there and looks at you and makes sure you sing. <laughs> Oh, boy. It's like, wait a second, I'm paying you. You're like, hey. Yeah, Would you like to come? But the cool part about Lilac Fest, Greg, I know you played there, is they take you up in a golf cart. Yeah, it's awesome. Which I think is just fun. I don't know. I think it's fun. Well, it's nice to get the treatment, like all your stuff's there, and you've got drums there, which I'm sure Chuck can, (laughs) you know, we love it when there's drums there. It's like, sure, man, whatever you, what do you need me to bring? A foot pedal? Awesome. (laughs) You know? (laughs) But, you know, I mean, I did the one, I don't know if you remember this, but I did a gig there. I got a call from, uh, well, I played with, the, what's her name? Uh, Jerry Lee Lewis's sister there. She's a really? rock and roll keyboard player. Yeah. And so she was doing this tour and Brian Williams got me involved. So he called me and, and we played Lilac. The man I see at Wegmans on East after midnight all the time for some <laughs> cool. reason. I don't know why. The I see Brian all the time. Go. I'm like, Brian, hi. It's like, <laughs> but there's a story I'll tell you a quick Jerry Lee Lewis story because he's come up Kyle Vock and I were talking about him and I guess Greg Townsend Brenda, said Brenda Eddie Lee Angel Lewis from Low Straight Jackets <laughs> I guess when he didn't have the money he would have his house out as a museum at Jerry Lee Lewis and Eddie Angel lives in Tennessee so he's like hey, you know, I'm going to go down there what are you going to see in his house? So he goes in there. Jerry Lee's cutting the grass on his lawnmower. Uh, right? So I guess he waves to Jerry Lee, and Jerry Lee gave him the finger. Uh, <laughs> it's supposed to be real scary. He guy. seems like a very irascible character. Yeah, but it's cool too because you can always Still say you open. Like I always got a kick out of like some Still some bands my friends open for, which is really neat. Fox Forty Five opened for Jeff Tate of Queensrÿche, mm-hmm. and it's always like sort of neat to see. You know, you idolize some of these bands or really like them, and then you end up opening with them or going on tour oh, with them, yeah. mm-hmm. which is sort of fun. And you get to the, the Lilac Fest, which is... Yeah, for sure. Do you ever do the big... I'm a vegetarian, so I do, but the big rib, because they do have bands oh, there. Yeah. It's more blues. Yeah. Talk about lines, too, if you want to get stuff there. <laughs> really? No, I've never been there. I've never... Well, this year, everything's sort of been... Yeah. I remember that. The one at the Highland Park. Yeah, because yeah. they had another one at Charlotte. They always used to confuse me. They had these two rib festivals. That yeah, remember oh, those yeah. days when bands played all these festivals all year? There were all these oh, things. Oh, nice? Wasn't it cool and everything else? Yeah, right. It's like I said, it's the year of I, like winning the lotto. I'm getting all the refunds from my tickets of concerts I was going to go to. Yeah. <laughs> I know. But that's cool. And the thing is now, too, you have something coming up in terms of you're going to start doing a little bit of recording, aren't you? Yep, yep. So today we're going to do a recording at Bitter Honey, which is going to be super cool. They have something over there called Bitter Bites that they're starting or that they've got a couple recordings already under their belt for. Um, and so they're just recording some local bands. So I think that's... Is that a club or a studio? What is it? It's that? Bitter Honey's a Mexican it's a, it's a candy bar. Oh. It's like the little candy bar that you can chew right, forever. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. If you get it stuck on the rug, you'll net use ice to oh, get it out. Oh, forget about it. It's a restaurant um, right... It's on Railroad, right by the public market. Oh, okay. You know? Oh, all right. So, yeah, so we're going to go there, and we're going to record our song, Left Things. And that'll be super fun. That's cool. One of my, actually, Eddie Frazier Jr., I guess he had a studio you recorded things at his barbershop. Oh, and yeah. I think it's neat now. You can just set this stuff up with mm-hmm. technology. Yeah. 
Because I don't think you would remember. You might remember getting the radio out, getting your tape recorder and pressing it next to the radio and taping songs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Greg probably knows the guy that's doing recording us today. What's his, what's his name? Oh, He's gosh. A- I'm sure there's you, a guitar I, player. I'm sure you know. I'm sure. I thought it was Zach. Him. Somebody the guitar player. Yeah, it's it's Zach, it might uh, be Zach. Oh God, you're good. But he's been around. So I, I might and know him. Yeah. Just slipped my mind. But that's cool. That's cool. And everything, I mean, I that sounds like a fun thing to do. Yeah. And I think anything for me that can help local music, I'm always for. I'm always. Yeah. You know, Richmond's I, did that years ago. Back. In oh, the, don't Richmond's just close. I know, I know that's really that sad. really that's, sucks. The thing about sucks. see us for me, it was Idols and Richmond's when I grew up. Mm. Yeah, and Idols Richmond's was like How I think it was berries. Remember that? Yeah, yeah. actually, <laughs> big. I'll give you a story right, about that. that I'll give you a story about Jazzberries. Talk about how life works, right? So I went to see the Kinks were playing at U of R UK Jive. My friend David Quest and I we were going to go see the Essentials at Jazzberries on East Avenue afterwards. So we went to go see the Essentials. And over the years, the Essentials became the Salamanders, became the High Risers. And we think they opened, they played for the, with the Skeletons. And I don't know for sure, but what happened last, over the holidays, my friend's uh, ben and Katie put together the Submarine School of Music. What they're trying to do is, if you're a low-income child, they try to match it so you can get lessons. Mm-hmm. So we had a benefit at a bop shop. And and there was an older woman in there, and Ben said, and I'm telling Ben this story about meeting Greg Townsend all these years ago. He's like, you have to talk to this woman. It was the owner of Jazzberries. Oh, and Linda, it, pluck it. And it yeah. turned we're, out we're, we're that was the first gig at the Jazzberries on East Avenue before it was in Henrietta. I thought it used to be on. Didn't it no, actually, Titus was. I thought it was on Goodman. It used no, to be the original old Norton was Monroe, right next to Hess. There you go, because right, Todd Bradley Monroe told me that again. Right yeah, but didn't they? Oh, I'm thinking of the Wine Press. The Wine Press was over on Goodman and Norton, where Norton's. Yeah, the original Jazzberries. I, I'm, okay. Pretty certain was right there by the Hess gas station on Monroe Avenue. Okay. You wouldn't know. <laughs> no, no, Who remembers Pooch's Pub? Ah, sure, pub. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was a great place to play. You don't know, like... Play with the salamanders there. <laughs> yeah, there's all these, like, somebody should write a definitive history of Rochester bands and stuff, because I think the one thing we do have here is diversity mm-hmm. a lot, and it's amazing. I will get letters from friends. A friend of mine lives in Atlanta and be, figures there's tons. He goes, not half as much as you see here all the time. Mm-hmm. I think we have that mix. And I don't think there's, like, we all sort of help each other out, too, mm-hmm. where there's no competition. Yeah. Which I think is good, too, in a way. A couple of these places we're talking about are, are older than our singer. I know. <laughs> I can Jazz imagine. I'm like, I don't know. I've never heard of that. Well, I mean, but that's the thing. I mean, and we can talk about back in the day and all that stuff, but it's kind of like the hippie ethic or the, I don't know how to explain it, but like what what a lot of, what's going on with, dare I say, your generation. Mm-hmm. but Our generation. Yeah, so, <laughs> you know. Is you're getting more of that independent? Everybody's doing stuff on their own. They're just motivating, and you're like, okay, I'm gonna, we're gonna do this DIY, and you know, you get yeah. your stuff together, and you you go get your stuff, and you you make it happen, and that's kind of what we did. And then all these bars started, you know, having bands. And then you get the bands and they're helping each other out, and mm-hmm. let's do a double bill, and you know, you you gain trust that way, and I think you you gain somewhat of a 
don't know how to explain it exactly, but you create something. You you make something. Scene. Yeah, a scene. scene. Thank you. That's and the, the other word. thing too yeah. is a lot of the younger musicians I know, and this applies to you definitely, is you have a very good knowledge of older music. And I know you like seventies music, nineteen mm-hmm. twenties jazz. Yeah, yeah. And that's yeah. really for was me. One of my friends said I got something at Taco Bell. The person at the <laughs> drive through looked like Billy Eilish, and I'm like, who the hell is it? Is that like the person who played Witchy Poo on HR oh Puff and stuff? Billy Eilish, I love her. Uh, there we go. See, she's good. She's so good. She is. And I looked up because the thing for me, as soon as I didn't know, it's like, ah, it's right. Billy Eilish. Right. People like that are a mystery to me. Well, like, I had all of a one. They appear. And they Don't have you all feel this you feel kind of yeah. feel kind of weird though? <laughs> where it's kind of like what you're talking about though. Yeah. But like, I had this one. I'm in line at the store. The media, internet. Right. Well, you found like older music. Obviously, you really way. fell in yeah, love man. like with the, the older like the 20s jazz. It's all yeah. out there She's for good, you. Though. If you want to find it, there you go. I found it. Yeah, you did because I had the one time I'm in I'm in the store and there's people talking behind me and I can't help but hear them. They talk about, there's this singer I saw in this video. He had this weird voice and he looked weird. And I just, I couldn't help it. I turned around. I said, Bob Dylan. And their, <laughs> their response was, who's Bob Dylan? No. <laughs> and then I had these English kids I knew from the old Toad. They didn't know who the kinks were, who the who were. Oh, gosh. Wow. What's going on? I mean, everybody knows the Beatles. Right. You know? Right. Wow. But you find, like, you could probably name, name a lot of, like, 70s things we wouldn't know. You'd probably find. <laughs> Maybe. Right. Well, I don't know. Nick Drake. I, I hear a lot of records still when I hear, you know, I've never, well, I never even knew these guys played music back then, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing I said, like, with your music, you bring so many, like, from every decade. You can always, that's why it's yours, because... It's something unique in mm-hmm. terms of it's not one thing. An undercover lover sounds a little like imaginary lover, but it's not. Okay. And then some other thing like St. Vincent mm-hmm. type thing. You pick this out. I'll go for a second. It's like, this is like Fiona Apple. And you probably like, yeah. you pick this up and it's all yours. And I think that's what we, whereas like if you just listen to one thing and you're like a clone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you get that feel too, like in terms of her songs. It's always, is it sort of exciting when she brings something? Because you never know. Yeah, I'm. I mean, Rob, you've definitely uh, touched on every time you and I talk, you kind of say things that I'm maybe thinking but haven't said in terms of Adriana and where she's coming from with her tunes. The the newest ones, um, I can't wait for you guys to hear. It's kind of really early in, in stages of writing the song, but it's this. you hear the song, you hear her singing the song, and, and, and you've heard it. You've heard, It's a song that you've heard but you haven't kind of thing. And I just, I haven't pinpointed or figured out where or who or what, whether it's Beth Carpenter or so it's, it's, you, it's a really cool. Vibe. That's, a good, thing. that's a good trait though. Yeah. yeah. I'll yeah. ask you Chuck. Cause I've always said, like I've said this to you many times, Adriana, I can't pinpoint your voice except it's yours. Do you have anybody you would say she sounds like a little bit or not? See that was me when you when you were playing dreams. I'm like, ah, you do sound a little about Steve. It's like Stevie. Nah, you don't sound like Stevie. Sound like you. You have that, Greg. You haven't heard her sing yet. It's really unique. Really, really good voice. I I mean, I've heard like little bits and pieces of a lot of different people. Um, One of my favorite blues singers is uh, Beth Hart, and and she's like really powerful, gravelly, but sometimes Adriana hits notes and choruses and stuff that sound remind me of her and if you listen to her if you go listen to her now you'll probably won't hear you'll say i don't get what he was saying but there's bits and pieces of it it's not like 
full parts or anything that sound like Beth Hart, but there's little pieces of her voice that sound like that. And I hear Beth Carpenter every once in a while, but if you listen to Beth Carpenter, you probably wouldn't agree with me. There's just I think there's little bits and pieces. There was literally after your roar show pulling. I sent you a I sent you a text because during your roar show I'm going Jolie Holland. Yeah, I remember you saying that, <laughs> Joey Holland. Because he's almost like a female Tom Waits a little bit. She's really interesting. But I saw that. I think that's what's interesting. We should have a little contest again about who's Adriana sound like. You put the thing in. <laughs> <laughs> you sound it's like yourself. Fun. It's, it's like always so. fun to hear what people think, though. That's but really th- cool. does it ever get you when somebody will come up to you and it'll be somebody you just no idea where it's like how did they get this it's like you sound like molly hatchet <laughs> yeah i don't know no i don't i don't know if i've really heard oh, it yeah. <laughs> no i don't know i think I... you know what it is too is like i mean a lot of us i think we all listen to all different kinds of music mm-hmm. i always got that I've always used the Duke Ellington thing. There's good music and there's bad music. Mm-hmm. And I've listened to everything. But some people, they do. And I've had friends tell me, I made gun club tapes for, this is a band. It's New York. I'm not in trouble. It's a band. <laughs> but And yeah. I got sent tapes to them because I really like Jeffrey Lee Pierce, but he is different. Mm-hmm. And the response was back, Rob, they suck. Oh. And, and what he said to me, though, but they're like, he said, they're big like Iron Maiden metal fans, and I like Iron Maiden myself. He said basically it was the music we grew up with. We've never really, like I one time said some nasty things about Journey, and one of my friends said, you've wrecked my high school in my youth by saying that they were the band of my youth. And I'm like, just because I said something, you care? (laughs) (laughs) They did a sucky video game. But I think some people, they, they get that, and they don't, Go like I would recommend. We would be the people like Todd Kratz and I. We would go down to Lakeshore Record Exchange. Mm-hmm. On top would be a Hank Williams album. On the bottom would mm-hmm. be Slayer, and in between the Zombies, we would just get all kinds of music. Mm-hmm. And I think some people they just get stuck in a. It's like Buddy Rich said supposedly when he died, he's like death isn't as bad as country. <laughs> and Buddy Rich hated rock drummers for the most part, but that's that whole prejudice some people have. Where I listen to every kind of music during quarantine, I started getting into African ri- music, all kinds cool. of rhythms, because Sweet. music's nonstop if you want to keep exploring. Yeah, 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 very true. And I could just see you could go all over the map. I've told Chuck this. I sometimes come up with an imaginary set list of songs for you to do because I'm like, you do them. Yeah. I don't know if the band would like to play them. Maybe. You never know. You never know. But we have to talk a little too about Halloween because it is October, oh my gosh, and you have uh, you seem like the type to me because you're so creative. Tell me, I could be completely wrong. Do you do your own costumes? I do sometimes. The last just because you're creative, I thought that the last couple of years. First of all, I always love to be scary things because I love Halloween because of scary things. I love scary movies. But anyways, then I I started to get into doing things for pop culture, like. Like pop culture references of that year. Now my, I think my standout costume was probably last year, or no, it was in college. It was when Kendall Jenner like she in the Pepsi commercial and she gave the Pepsi can during a protest and that was supposed to like stop the protest um, because she gave them a Pepsi. Like I did that and that was a good reference. And I love when people see like. For, when the bug jar used to have the concerts yeah. one time the quitters dressed as the crew from life aquatic with steve zuso and what i like of those costumes where some people don't get it like my friend she we were at lux and she dressed as death from sandman and oh, i went up right and i went right up to her and i said wow you're dead and she's i love you nobody else knows who i am i'm just a goth girl 
It's like, you were death. See, it's so <laughs> unfortunate when people don't get it. It's so unfortunate. But when somebody does, that's the fun the part. Payoff. That's yeah. the fun part. Yeah. But one of the funniest ones I ever saw, my friend Colette one time dressed as last year's prom queen. So she had like... Oh, God. A spoiled condom here, heels oh over on his shoulder. But I love, and I would say, watch Attack of the Killer Donuts. It's quality. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I've been watching a lot of scary movies. Actually, this morning I started watching this movie called uh, The Creation of the Humanoids. Oh, my. It says 1962. Okay. But it's on that 2B. I love that. that it's on the Roku thing. Yeah. I love that because it's got all these weird old sci-fi atomic age movies and all. But this one's color. But I mean, it's a. It's basically. It's kind of like a. It's almost like a Philip Dick type of thing. It's like mm-hmm. about these after the atomic wars. These there's robot society and then there's humans, but they make robots to look more like humans so they can learn about the humans. And it's like it, I just watched like the first twenty minutes of it, and it was actually pretty interesting. I've been watching horror movie after horror movie, and I've been going also watching Halloween over and over oh, again. Yeah, and, I and I met PJ Souls, and she came to the Little a couple of years ago, and she told some stories about it, Ooh. which is cool, which is really cool. But the thing about that after is, I guess like Carpenter hated Part Two, just hated oh. it. And I liked Part Three because I thought it was sort of like an old Hammer thing. I haven't seen them all yet. Don't see like the like four through six. You would like to skip those. No, okay. I know. I want to see them all. But oh, I'm two been versions of the. There's a new one eyes. coming out too. Oh eyes. no! I saw the trailer though, and I was that's like, some mm, maybe crap not. Right there, man. <laughs> yeah, that's some. The, the the remake is horrifying. Yeah. yeah. I saw the trailers, and I was like, I'm not watching that. You don't I want to watch the Human Centipede, up. probably Ew. either. No, I've heard about it. No, I've been. I've been. We have my friend, my dear friend Liz and Katie. We started a movie night where we get Indian food, and we just go over their house, and we'll Love watch it. a couple movies, and we watch. So. I've been banned from picking the movies. <laughs> no, because I picked a. She said she hated me for a month after that one. Yeah. But we watched the new Halloween this time. But there's a new one now, Halloween Kills. It's supposed to be out it's next coming year. Out. Yeah. Yeah. And then they wait. They already have one coming out next year, and then the year after that, or something. There's like two that I saw. Michael Myers is like he should be a drummer. You couldn't kill him. All right. Saw, okay. After seeing two, I'm like, how is he not dead? I don't get it. He's cold, man. I just got burned. I just got burned, and I got. Better. But Dr. Loomis, too. How mm. Dr. Loomis, oh, I just set the thing on fire, exploded, I'm back. I'm, yeah, I don't get it. I, my, one of my big picks is the, the remake of Last House on the Left. Have you seen that? Yes, I own it. Oh, is that with Jennifer Lawrence? What's that one? No, that's know, the, but, the house on the, the end of the street. Oh. <laughs> yeah. It's but the, it's like, it's got a, you know, it's got a fairly graphic attack scene with these guys and the girl in the woods. I mean, it's it's like... The way they did it, it's like you just go, you're just cringing. You just feel so it's, bad for it's, this girl. It's almost like it's gross, though, in some ways. It's like I, it's almost like torture porn in a way. Yeah. Really well, yeah. Speaking of that, are you more like classic horror or more like slasher type okay, stuff? Okay, my favorite or is ghost. ghost stuff. I love ghosts, which is why I hadn't seen Halloween before. Really, I had. I don't. I don't really. I haven't really gotten into the slasher stuff or the classic stuff until now, but. The Haunting of Blind Manor on Netflix was so I heard that's good. Good. I watched it. You watch it. I've got one for you. I think you can get it on Netflix. The series Haunting of Hill House. That's the one. Yeah. It was the, the but the next one's this Blind Manor. Well, there the are a couple yeah. parts where I just Oh my god, it's so good. Freaked. And it's so good. Chuck, you have yeah. no clue, do you, about horror films? It was good. Really? I watched Come that. on, Chuck. No, just the old, just the, you know. 
nah, not really. I was never really into horror movies. I couldn't. I have mm. night. I dream too much. Um. Stop by and we'll watch Hostel. I, 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 oh God! I end up having <laughs> those are sick. My or dad car- always. You, you would like Carnival Hostel. of Souls, probably. You would probably like that. Oh yeah, that was good. Haunting like a Hell House is another one. Chucky oh, was always, of course. I had to watch Chucky. <laughs> Chucky. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. But that's the thing. We have to come up with a Halloween costume because we have a gig at Roar the day before Halloween. So, well, I've already been told what I'm doing. I know. I I didn't want to. Do you want to tell? I didn't want to. You know, put you on the spot, but. Yeah, we bands are forced to do that because what have you? I forgot what you dressed up as like in a couple of them. I know Peyton always wears that wrestling mask. Yeah, I don't remember. Susie had that voodoo thing with the skull on it the one year. Oh, God. A lot of times I just have, like, this monk thing. It's like a priest robe, like a druid thing. It just goes on. It's You know, that's it. I kind of go classic because I can't wear too many weird things and play. Mm -hmm. So I just do that usually. That or a I got a vampire, like, a cloak thing. I'll do the white face. It's like they they used to force, like my brother worked at Wagman's, and they used to force him to dress up for Halloween. He used to play softball. He'd wear his baseball uniform. There you go. (laughs) But you think we'll have trick-or-treaters this year, even if Halloween. You think they'll be out or anything? Probably. I hope so. Yeah. I saw a guy that um, built a PVC chute from his porch with some really good pitch. The kids walk up, and he just... Drops yeah. the candy and the PVC. It's, you know, it's like a three-inch PVC. That's so cool. And it just... That's like in your that. neighborhoods, you still get trick-or-treaters usually. Mm-hmm. Because I guess, like right where Susie and Don live in Irondequoit, and I learned this from the Hearst people when we did Scream Fest, there's a couple neighborhoods <laughs> there. They do Halloween like old school. They really go all out. Yeah. And they do. But we don't. Like, I think we got one or two. And I would take my dog around, and I would put glowing devil horns on her mm-hmm. and there was a haunted house down the thing and i go by one kid ran to his mom it's a devil dog it's a devil dog <laughs> yeah <laughs> and i was thinking did you ever go greg there was a haunted and i wrote about this on stalker book <laughs> there was a haunted house it was at the fairgrounds or midtown plaza they did actors and I remember, yeah, I like, remember. people, there was, like, a vampire. A couple kids ran out. We're out, like, me watching horror movies, like, eh. Yeah. <laughs> I did the one out in Wayne County once, the Hayride. Oh, I love And that, that was really good. I mean, mm-hmm. you're cruising along, and it's, like, you know, creepy as it is. And then there's these people just come out of the woods on horses, man, and mm-hmm. it's, like, the headless, you know. And it's just, like, it's really scary. I mean, when you're, when you're in this thing and you're kind of, like, you know, you're like, wow, this would be really scary if this. They was did. Real. I went to <laughs> you know? when I was in London. I went to Madame Tussauds, yeah. and I recommend I recommend Madame Tussauds. I think it's like a funhouse type thing. Yeah. But they have the one part where they say they won't touch you, but you go down and they do the. It's a lie. Yep. And they do like the swing, and you're like like that. Yeah. But I have the penultimate, probably I want to use that word, a haunted hayride story. Mm-hmm. One of my friend's brothers dressed up as a phantom. And he went out, and this is, he lived, so it's okay. Uh, he went out, he fell, and the, the wagon ran him over, oh, he broke oh. his legs, and he's screaming. They left him there because they thought it was part of the act. <laughs> no. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, see, that's scary. You might be able to get one. My friends in the Tombstone Hands, I've told you this, at for Hulse last year, they played on the back of the, the wagon. Oh, that's wow. neat. And they froze as bad as you, oh, but I yeah. guess. But Litvak told me they sold a lot of merch. They sold a lot of stuff. That's the, neat. You know, it's all like I mean, you're looking forward to like the years ahead of this till she leaves us and goes to better pastures. <laughs> huh. Me? 
Yeah, you look at your play and everything. I've been working on getting permission to go See? with her. See? He's coming along. you got to take the drummer. See, he's coming along. Until they tell me I can't, look right? I don't know. No, I mean, that's, that's what I love about <laughs> I seeing, would, you, right? like, seeing all yeah. your stuff and everything is you could just yeah, when you, you catch somebody who's just coming up, <laughs> who's just, you know, you can't wait to see what you're going to do next. Mm-hmm. And this year, obviously, has been... 2020. Right. <laughs> so. That's my job, man. That's right. the main thing. I'm so, yeah. I mean, it's it. trying to get there. You yeah. Know what I, mean? I know. I've been practicing a lot more since uh, this all started. I yeah. cleaned out my basement and I set up a whole thing. And mm-hmm. I was going to ask you about what you're playing nowadays. What kind of stuff you got? Just drum wise? Yeah. Well, I've, I've been going crazy. I, 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 um, I bought a Dallas drum kit from Ben. Mm-hmm. Um, then I started getting it he uh, going to his shop is a big mistake if you're a drummer yeah i know and then i and then <laughs> my, and so i grew up playing a um club date um black oyster pearl ringo kit right and my dad um 25 years ago through some hard times sold it i put an ad out to try to find the kid again oh wow Didn't, unsuccessfully i thought maybe ralph bushy snagged it because he right. was doing that for a long time so I was in Ben's shop and saw the Black Oyster Pearl Ringo kit, so I snagged that. And then um, shortly after that, he puts this ad up, like he always does, makes it look like candy on the internet. Yeah. He had a Tiger Pearl um, Japanese um, Yamaha kit, mm. and they were called Sake, S-A-K-E. So I bought that kit, and then two weeks ago, Yikes. I bought a... <laughs> uh, Gold Sparkle 1962 Club Date. So I've been been on it for a while. You don't play drums, do you? No. You play everything else. I wish. I wish. That's the one one thing I couldn't play is drums. I just don't have that. I I tried. I can't get it. No, but you still do keyboards. That's okay. That's why I asked. Yeah, see, like my foot doesn't do the kick drum. It just wants to tap along. I'm like, no, no, no. I can't. No, some people, I bet you do play keyboards and guitar and everything yes. really well like that, yes. which is really cool and everything yeah. because I can't play pretty much. <laughs> so I do a podcast because I oh can't play gosh. any of those. <laughs> no, but it's good to be able to play multiple instruments and everything. Mm-hmm. Is there anything you'd ever like to attempt in terms of instruments? Yeah, I've always, I will. It's just because I love it. I want to play the saxophone. Actually, I wish I could play every instrument. I think it would be fun to play bass. I, I have tried. one you can buy. I have a Selmer. Really? Yeah. See, I, I've never gotten into that. But, like, I don't know. I would love to play bass. That sounds like fun. I've tried. You want to be Prince where you can just do the whole album, kick all these guys out, and no. just play it yourself? No, I just think it's fun to be able to, like, move around the stage and be like, now I'm going to pick up this. Now I'm going to pick up this. But, I could play a kazoo. Yeah? <laughs> kazoo. I played a recorder in elementary school. Oh, man, I remember those. Yeah. yeah. Well, that sounds like my friend Michaela got into harp because I guess she started... On keyboards, but her teacher told her to harp, and she got into that. That's really cool. Which is really cool. Yeah. But this is a confession, too. You told me before this started. You actually, for this is a Halloween episode, you like candy corn. I mean, I love candy corn. I don't care who knows it. I'm going to give you candy corn-flavored coffee, Actually, too, so. now that I say it, I hope it's vegan. But anyways, it I is. love candy corn. <laughs> it's probably just chemicals, yeah. Um, but I love candy corn. Oh, I'm no vegetarian, shame. vegan, too. See? See, some people do. It's like I have the debate if you were... 
forced to eat one thing, candy corn or fruitcake, many people would probably do like mm. saw and cut their arm <laughs> off. <laughs> I love candy corn. It's too sweet for me. I can't. It is. T- it is sweet, but that's also like the beauty of it. You don't really need that many, then you know. Yeah, yeah, and it's, yeah. and it's you, you count the weird flavors, or are you purist because there's all these weird flavors now. Uh, I don't know about the weird flavors. You'll just go like they have. Car- you'll see them next time you go out. Some they've got like caramel flavor now. Oh, like, I mean, why not? Or the little pumpkins that are like the little. Oh yeah, I like those. <laughs> Why not? See, somebody likes everything. There's the... yeah. Why not? If it's festive and it's it's candy, sure. You know, it's like there's like that one band everybody can't stand. Somebody's like Nickelback. I was just thinking Nickelback, and you know what? Why everybody, they get such bad? That's press. what I said. Everybody used to love Nickelback. I Nickelback they or had, Creed. They had their songs and were like Nickelback, and then all of a sudden one day it was cool to not like Nickelback. Well, you know what it was too. Like when I went to school, everybody played right? Vanilla Ice, and I would go. In terms of rap, I was like an old Linkin Park person and those yeah. kind of bands, and they're all playing. And I'm going, one day you're going to laugh and say you didn't like them, just like uh, now I see when I was. A Ramones, being a Ramones fan, now you see their shirts at Target. Right. Yeah. You know, it's uh, like that. Really. Well, I've never been a big fan. That's what I don't understand as far as like, you want to get popular, you want to get popular, and as soon as you get popular, your fans bail. And it's like, well, wait a minute. The whole idea of this was to be successful, not mm-hmm. to be some fringe starving, you know, I well, mean, that everybody thinks that it's cool that, you know, it's like, oh, well, now you're selling out. How is it selling out to be popular? My thing would be this. If <laughs> yeah, I had a group, like, if you play Giant Stadium, are you going to complain? No. Or anything? Like, for me, I had that snoot period in college where I had I would only go to films at the little and they better be in subtitles. <laughs> and right. I better go to those movies. There better only be three people in the audience. <laughs> or I don't want to go. Or go to these bands. Well, does anybody else, you know, you know the band, right? There's under 20 people. You're cool. Yeah. You mean you played for 50 people? I'm out. I'm out. Well, I think everybody wants to be in some sort of a little identifiable thing like that. I mean, that's probably where that comes from. But it's like then when it gets to be a mass appeal, oh, now they're just like everybody else and they're not mm-hmm. special. And it's just like you have to accept that as a I think, though, here's you know, the cool thing. Here's the cool thing. It's the complete opposite of that. It's like, for example, you in a couple of years, it'll be good. It's like, I knew her when she was doing this, and now she's doing this. Right. And now there's a lot of other bands I know like that. But one of the big ones we saw, Bug Joe, used to have Bug Fest. I saw the White Stripes. Wow. And now one of my friends, my friend Megan, she saw Nirvana at Geneseo with 30 people when they just started out. Oh, my gosh. Wow. wow. And imagine being on the beginning of that and saying... You know, back then, like What's, imagine you were in yeah, wow. London or something. Well, you were in you were in Liverpool seeing the Beatles at the Cavern. Club. Was that the thing at the park, Highland Bowl? They used to have Highland Bowl. They the had Bug Jack, Fest. It was I a think real, Don had a video of that. He might. It was real rainy, I think, that day. And I know Mega's band Beater played at one of them. And then the, yeah. Bobby just stopped. Like I remember Bug Jar Man. I was lucky. Twenty bucks and Blue Cheer played. I saw him, and yeah. that was a great show. And it's like because I love those guys. Plus, and, you know, and, they have the one was it the guitar players from Rochester. Oh, yeah? Yeah, and they were in the hotel when Janis Joplin died. Oh, wow. So it's nice to hear history. It's like Ian McLaughlin and I became sort of friends, and I would hear all these old stories about the faces and everything. Yeah. It's always firsthand when you get to, like, it comes around where, you know, when we were kids in high school, then one of my best friends is the drummer for for Lou Graham. Yeah. How it comes around like that. Yeah. It's like you'll replace Stevie Nicks and Fleetwood Mac one day. Right. <laughs> oh. But yeah. So, so zooming on Halloween for a second, I know I've heard, I've read things and heard things. What is it in the human psyche that makes you want to be scared? 
adrenaline. It's fun, it, you know. I, I mean, that's fun. the whole thing about why the adrenaline. The, the gen, yeah, the genre. That, I think exists. also. I think it's also just been a crappy year in a lot of ways. COVID. We have all these scares. We have. Yeah. There's this election coming up. People are right. mad at everything, yeah. and I think it's just that fun idea where you get like the the fun scare, not the yeah. scary, you know, not the horrifying yeah. scare. Yeah, you're like it could be worse. And well, yeah, they go. Fake. Some of them go off, off, off the left, like the hostile things. Like you know, they're like, okay, this is not necessary to make right. these movies, right? <laughs> you oh, know, yeah, but, those ones I'm like, whoa. You know what I mean? But but yeah, we have this need to be scared, and we think it's fun. I think maybe it's like a bravery thing. Oh man, we, we got through that. You know, yeah. well, like I had my own scary story from October. I've told before. I had my parents would go out to dinner with my. Like their our cousins, they were living. They lived in Livonia, and it was like a long stretch of road, That's right? Scary. So it's me. It's it's an October night. It's me, and my cousin Cher, and we're like around ten or so. And my grandmother's watching us. We watched The Exorcist, which scared us enough. Okay. It sounded like somebody was outside the house, and it was really windy. And now. And we were terrified. Right. And I know, yeah, call the cops or something. We didn't think of that. But parents got home. We went home. Now. It would be good to say, well, we found footprints or something we didn't, but it's how the mind plays tricks mm-hmm. on you and everything. But I think there's that also thing, wow, I got a waiver with yeah. Unless you're in a, unless you're not the final girl in like some horror movie, you're gonna get rubbed out. Right. <laughs> Cabin in the woods. But can we see <laughs> now for your gig in at Roar, can you say about do you have anything else you're doing your recording today, you think anything else is on the horizon this year in the year of COVID, or are we just gonna go to Roar and then we'll see? <laughs> Um, well, I don't know. I mean, we've, we're working with um, uh, some people called Alien Fam, and they're, they they do a lot Alien of... Alien Ant Farm? <laughs> yeah, right. Alien Fam, and they do, uh, they do a lot of really cool parties around town, I guess, and, uh, and I hadn't heard of it because they have their own community of people that they kind of share the info to, um, but I'm super happy and excited to, to see what what those events look like. If you know them, show up. I know, right? <laughs> or if you just shine the satellite, the telescope, if the yeah. UFO comes. Yeah, yeah. So. And we had my friend Twitch used to do, we would book ska shows. We do house shows. Mm-hmm. book. And it's, it is, it's like a community where you knew somebody, you told yeah. your pal, like my friend Rick Simpson, not this year, but before he would do do house shows. And we just, we get on the email list. Yeah. And, yeah, so I don't know. So we're going to see what, what that looks like and what we end up doing with that. But we have some some things in the works with them, and so that'll be really cool. only thing I could think of, one of those things I got really drunk on mudslides years ago. <laughs> it's like one of those bad memories. Uh-huh. But it's like sort of weird. You go, I remember going in the basement and everything's like decked out. Right. And it's like, oh, what's going to happen? Are we going to yeah. get like sacrificed out no. or something? No, <laughs> but so for right now we've got Roar and on the 30th, and then we're going to, you know, hopefully just be practicing still and recording are you dressing up at roar though yeah i don't know are you being forced to chuck (laughs) chuck's gonna dress up everybody's dressing up everyone's uh, dressing up i I, i'm considering going drag i did that i actually (laughs) okay i've told this story before but it's too good not to tell again one year my friend's Actually, right by us, Loch, Loch Navarre, right up here, mm-hmm. parents' house, we were having a Halloween party. Mm-hmm. So I dressed in drag. Mm-hmm. Now, it's not Halloween, 
I loved wearing a dress. So I get on the expressway. My car stalls. No. I end up getting out, leaping a fence in drag. It's not Halloween. I walk down Lyle Avenue to get back to my house. No, gosh. A truck stops for a second to look at me like I'm a prostitute. And then goes by. So then I got my parents' car, and I went down the party. Amazing. But I love dressing in drag, and I love... For lip, we did lipstick massacre around ten years ago. It was so fun, and then we hung out at Tilt. And oh, I, yeah. I'm like in my other home with drag queens. I love like Pandora's a darling. Oh my gosh, I love her. She's a darling. But if you ever, if you met, and I've known Pandora for years, if you ever met Pandora out of, they're all very shy. Miss Kasha Davis. Oh my gosh, who I is, love her. Oh, she, we did. She did Rocky Horror at Black Friar. She was incredible. Oh. And one night mm. at Edibles, we got really drunk on martinis and debated if cats or dogs oh, were better. <laughs> I like her a lot, actually. She's great. I mean, she's really there. I've known all of them for years because of the theater stuff. They're all just yeah. busts. And yeah. what's good with them is, like, I'm actually, if I don't know you, I'm pretty shy. And you let them get the attention go away. Yeah. And we made a drink. We made a Meredith at Tilt. In honor of our friend in the play, we yeah. just said, make it red. Make it red. <laughs> but <laughs> Lipstick funny. Massacre was such a hoot, and Pandora was, and it was like yeah. one of those great memories. Ten years ago. Wow. I was like 13. <laughs> yeah. That's an interesting yeah. thing where you say they're basically shy people. They I mean, are, but it's like, yeah. you know what it is? It's like a lot of musicians, like I know like Lux yeah. and Ivy from the Cramps, and you see them on stage, you're insane. They're really quiet off stage. They just it's a different persona. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. It's like you have to have some way of relating, so you come up with some kind of character for some reason that helps you create an emote, I guess. And it's like just after that, you're just like, okay, that's that. Put that. Creative people create, you know, like you do. But it's very good to have you try, Chuck. We finally got you on. I know. Yeah. Thank you. And this was like an ad lib because I saw Adriana at the show, and like, uh, we gonna be able to do this one day? I was eating. Oh. Sure, I just yeah. have just have Greg on. Is Adriana <laughs> going to tune or no? Oh, yeah, we're going to yeah, we're going to get to that. But we're going to then. now. We're just give the basics. You're going to play it raw on the thirtieth. Yep, yep. And we can find you on spot all the Spotify, places. Amazon, Apple Music, all those music. Streaming. And eventually, you're going to have a CD out. Yep, yep. And I have a website, Adriana, as advertised. And yeah, you can find me on anything: Facebook, Instagram. Adriana. Coffee shops, probably. Yeah, yeah, coffee shops. You can find or me around. Or going in the can, the candy corn aisle. Right, you can find yeah. me around town. And one question I can't let you go is how is June doing? June's great. She's great. Dressing she got, her up? Yeah, I have actually, and actually I wish I had brought her because I have a sweater for her and it has the same <laughs> jack-o'-lantern look to it. So, um, but yeah, she's got, she's just got a, a little groom yesterday, so she's like a little fluff ball. But she's she's really cute. She has human eyes, which, with her new haircut, it looks she kind of looks a little. Oh, it's a little creepy. Her human. And she eyes. rings the bell when she's got to go potty. Yeah, yeah. And then, but honestly, oh my gosh, she snuggles with me every night. She like has the, her own pillow next to my pillow, and she uses it. It's kind of creepy. My dog barfed on me one time when she did that when I was a kid. Nope, nope. She would. I woke never. up with dry dog. She would me. never. No, she's just so cute. I they don't give know. you that you'll you'll have some time. Maybe you're working, you're doing all this, and you're frustrated, yeah. and you'll get really mad over something. But they will give you that look, and you'll just yeah. melt. Go, oh I can't God. stay mad at you. Yeah, I was watching a video one morning, and I was crying because it was a really sad video. And she looks up at me, and she puts her paw on my shoulder, and I was like, They this, will do that. And my dog, human. my dog does the put the. 
yeah. meltdown like that. But what are we, what would you you were going to play something on our little you know at the end here? What would you feel like playing? Uh, is it a mystery because it's Halloween? It's a mystery because it's Halloween. I gotta think about it. I gotta think about and it. Then come up to the show if you've heard this and try to guess. Okay. Because <laughs> I still don't know what the heck half your song titles are. So. Yeah, I know. I know. I gotta get them out there. I gotta get more of them out there. That's what we're gonna be doing. We're gonna be recording. So this is always good. And you know, yeah. thanks for being on. I hope Thank it was you fun. Me. Thank you. And Chuck, we got you made it. Great Thank you. you. And Greg, you're, you got your Marvin the Martian in the wheel. Yeah, that's right. You know, if that was the last thing of the year, was well played. Yeah. You know, the other day, but thanks a lot, and we'll listen. Let's go to Adriana, and I'm out of here. Bye. Bye.